Welcome to another episode of Free Basketball. I am your host, Ryan Meadows, and this week, it's Power Rankings Week. That's right. Every month, we have been doing Power Rankings to kind of see where the Grizzlies stand and where the rest of where they fall in with the rest of the NBA. So we're going to do Power Rankings here in a second, some Grizz thoughts. And at the end, we're going to end today with another round of Last Mascot Standing. So Cody will be joining me for that. So that's the audio you're going to hear towards the end of that. I am recording this Friday afternoon, January 27th. Um, so as you know, the Grizzlies have been on a four-game losing streak on this road trip and play the Timberwolves tonight, which I said a couple days ago that they're about to go 0-5 on this road trip, aren't they? Um, and hope that's not true. Hope they can win one game before they come home. Um, but we understand that not a great road team yet. And considered to the rest of the league, nobody has been a great road team this year. I don't know if that has to do mostly with parity, it seems like, across the league. It's more wide open. But the Grizzlies, I guess, have been a better road team than most, but certainly not a great road trip for the Grizzlies after coming off a really nice 11-game win streak. But I do have some like general thoughts um, because after the Golden State Warriors game, I was really frustrated. Um, the Warriors game just a couple days ago, they lost 122 to 120. Um, and it was just a lot of mental lapses, right? Just breakdowns. Now, I know they're missing Steven Adams, and I don't know how you feel about Steven Adams in that matchup, but the Warriors are a five-out kind of team. And without Steven, you know, it kind of allowed the Warriors to not play Looney as much to kind of help negate Steven Adams' re offensive rebounding. But Adams is definitely a target for the Warriors on defense. So I don't know if... Steven makes a huge difference. He probably definitely helps, um, especially in a regular season matchup. But everyone is talking about, you know, Zaire's game. And Zaire Williams has really struggled this year. And I know it's been mostly just shooting, right? And I think that most of us were excited about Zaire because we kind of had overset expectations for what Desmond Bain did in year two, right? Like Desmond Bain, year two, went to the summer league. We started to see the ball handling, the finishing, and he just kind of took over games, and we saw that he was going to be a top guy. And so we we're expecting to see that from Zaire in year two. And definitely it was said that he was going to work on some more ball handling, uh, more attacking the rim, and then in summer league, it just was really bad, right? So we're kind of wondering, like, what's going on with Zaire? And so I think we kind of have this expectation for what Bain did that we compared to Zaire. And, like, why is Zaire not doing that? Um, and I think it's a little bit, I'm not saying that it's a comparison, but I think that we look at the development of both of those players and wonder why Zaire is not farther along than what he is. And I actually think Zaire is, I mean, obviously he's not a good NBA player right now. We're like, if we're being honest, um, he's not bad. I still have a ton of faith in Zaire as an NBA player and a helpful piece to this roster long term. Um, but nights like tonight or nights like the night against the Warriors are why people can be out on a player that's really young very quickly. Um, especially it's just going to stick out a lot when you miss almost, you know, I think every three-point shot he took, and he took, what, six or seven of them, 
and has the huge defensive mental lapse on the under the basket with Jordan Poole getting the game winner to seal the game. Um, obviously, the failures of the team not winning that game is not on Zaire. I mean, Dylan Brooks, for God's sake, why are you going under screens at the end of games against, you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, like two of the greatest shooters the NBA has ever seen? Dylan Brooks is going under screens. Like, what are we doing? Um, and so Zaire, I truly believe that he will be a good piece for this eventually. I think it's unfair to think that in year two, he's going to be like Desmond Bain and all of a sudden be this huge steal key contributor that, you know, we're seeing out of Desmond. Um, and so I think that I, I'm not, I'm definitely not on the side of trading Z. I want to keep Z and see what he can turn into. The only thing about that is, is that the NBA is a, you know, piss or get off the pot. And if you're not going to show anything, especially in year three, most teams move on. So I think there is a clock on Zaire as a part of the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, and I think that's a fair thing to say, because if he's not showing any improvement or a more consistent jump shot. I mean, he's even shooting worse from three-point line this year than he was his rookie year, of uh, sub-30%. So definitely don't want to see any regression, but he has missed most of the season. He hasn't played a ton of games yet. In the games that he's playing, he's playing limited minutes, like he's not getting in a rhythm. Um, and this ultimately leads to my real problem with the couple losses that we've had the past couple games. And that's coaching. I'm not going to sit here and spend a ton of time trying to point out all the faults of the coaching because coaching is just an imperfect thing, right? Because you're completely relying on players. And if the players have a bad night, reflects bad on you as a coach, and the players have an 11-game win streak, you look like an unbeatable coach, right? So it's not completely coach's fault because the players have to perform. But there is something about confidence and getting a player into a rhythm within an offense that I think is important also, right? And Zaire right now, with the minutes that he's playing, I don't know if it's a minutes restriction or something like that, but he's not getting anything that is really in his game. He's asked to just stand in the corner, stand around the perimeter, and just shoot knockdown threes, when that's not what he's been at all in his career so far, even in high school and the one year in college. That's just not what he was asked to do. That's not what he's proficient at yet. So something like that is going to take time and need to develop for a player. You have to find other ways to get a player involved. Um, and that's why, ultimately, I've been shaken a little bit in my faith in the coaching and in Taylor Jenkins and the staff. Because some of this stuff, when it comes to the end of games, is basic scouting. Like, you know what teams are going to do in certain sets, but maybe not know per se, but you have, if you're scouting a lot, there's so, there's someone on the scouting department who is charged with, you know, this matchup, right? What do they like to do in certain situations? What do they go to? And it just seems like in some of these games, it's just been a complete failure on scouting. And so I... I I like Taylor Jenkins. I certainly think he's a good coach, but there has to be something that changes with the offense, right? Because we are a bad half-court offense. It looked like a great half-court offense in the th third quarter, 
but then it died immediately, and that's when the Warriors were able to come back and make a charge late. Um, so it doesn't make sense to me why, with John Morant and that offensive system, everyone is staying around watching him. When he goes out and has that stretch when Bain and Tyus come in, and with Clark, the movement, the offense movement, there's cutting, there's continuity, um, dribble handoffs, kickouts, like there's just drives after redrive. And so I get it. Like you have John Morant, who is a singular talent at getting out to the to the rim, putting rim pressure and getting to the basket, and you want to maximize that by running every single play for him. But at some point, there's going to have to be step up a level, right? Because John Morant is an excellent player. He's not a ball hog. Means has a career high in assists this year, I believe. Like he would be willing to work within a more active cutting offense, free flow to me. So I feel like they have not been maximizing what he can do most because maybe it's a little bit about the shooting. They're not sure if he's going to be able to shoot the ball well off ball, but I think you can get him involved more in actions and decoys. Uh, instead of just using him in action these coys on like the first basket of the game because that seems to be like the only time that he's in kind of actions like that um so i i i it's just to me like there is another level of coaching that this team's going to eventually need right taylor has been good he has been good at helping the players just like this whole motto of let that mother effer fly. That only gets you so far, right? Um, you need to have a little more zing and pop to your offense to where it's not just, hey, just pull that thing and we'll hope it goes in. We believe in you, man. Um, I've heard enough of that where it's like we have the ultimate confidence in him to take that shot. Like maybe let's try to get something a little bit different, maybe an easier shot depending on who we are, right? Like, or depending on who the player is and their best spots, you know, to create or make the actual shots that are being asked of them to make. Um, because this whole staying around the perimeter thing, I'm just not in love with it. I think that's why they get a lot of margins and put their foot on some of these teams is when they take jaw out and the free flow movement, the cutting off balls uh, with Bain and Tyus, I want more of that kind of offense. Uh, and so I, I I don't know. Maybe it's a different look in personnel. But ultimately, it leads me to the idea of that maybe Taylor Jenkins is our version of Doug Collins with the late 80s Bulls before Phil Jackson took over with those MJ Bulls in the late 80s. Um, like is Taylor Jenkins going to be our version of Doug Collins? Is there a coach out there who's willing to adjust it a little bit on offense to maximize everybody's abilities to be more free flowing, to receive more action, to be less predictable? Is there a coach out there that would push them to another level? Now Taylor's going to get it for this year, right? And we're going to kind of see, if we make a deep run or if we're knocked out early, like what is that going to look like? Because last year in the Minnesota series, I mean, it wasn't great, right? Multiple games in that series down by double digits, big margins that they came back from. And most of that is just offensive efficiency. Wasn't for a lack of defense for the most part, just the offense stunk. 
So I think there is another level to reach for this Grizzlies team. I'm not putting it on any players. And I know that it looks bad because of Zaire's really bad game against the Warriors. But ultimately, to me, it is a coaching scouting issue that I think eventually is going to have to be addressed with this Grizzlies team if they are going to really reach the ceiling of their potential. Won't happen this year. Maybe it won't happen next year. But Taylor Jenkins came from, you know, Popovich and spent a long time with Mike Boonholzer in Milwaukee Bucks. And Boonholzer, before they made that finals run, everybody was talking about how he was going to get fired. If the Bucks don't win the championship that year, Mike Boonholzer is fired. Um, so Taylor's kind of come from that kind of tree where there's, you know, there's a structure to the offense. It's good defense. But there was never a level above. And the Bucks just happened to break through that year that saved his job. Or else he was gone. That's what everybody has forgotten about already. Is that he was going to be gone because they could not reach another level. And now all of a sudden he won championship. They're good with him. And so that's what I'm interested with Taylor. Is are we going to do this for a few years where we have the players and pieces in place we're a top two or three seed for the next two years, and we get bounced in the first or second round for the next two years. I think we're going to have to look at the results to see. Um, but I'm getting the feeling and the sense now that Taylor is not our guy. Like the coach, I think he's done great for the organization, young players. But I think ultimately that's what it's going to be, um, is that we're going to have to find someone else to take over and elevate to a higher level of basketball. And there's plenty of coaches out there who would be very interested by the Grizzly situation. It is ready to go. It's just missing one little thing to propel it forward. So not to be kind of like piling on to, you know, everybody's pain from the four game losing streak. Um, but hopefully we get a win against the Timberwolves tonight. So it doesn't become five and make it even worse. But, you never know what the Timberwolves like. We don't have Steven Adams, so the Go Bear matchup on the rebounds could may not be great. Anthony Edwards is awesome that we know. And he probably has a revenge game in store for Dylan Brooks. And you just never know about the Kyle Anderson factor, right? Like, could he kind of have a quote-unquote revenge game for us beating him at our place? So we'll kind of see. Hopefully it's not 0-5, but um, at least let's get one of these before we go home. But now, let's get into the actual power rankings here. You know how we do these. Do the top 15 teams. I'm not going to go super in-depth with these. I, I have done a little bit more research in past episodes, but I'm going to kind of keep this shorter, hopefully. So hopefully this won't be a long episode um, because we got some stuff towards the end that we want to talk about with Cody about what's going on next week with a lot of content that we'll be giving you from free basketball. But... Power rankings. If you follow along with these, like NBA.com puts these out. If you've listened to past, you know how this works. But the NBA.com came out with theirs from last week. I usually do mine every week on a Sunday. But since we're doing this later in the week on a Friday, I went ahead and updated them. So they're two days early. So something minor might change, but I don't think anything major. But the NBA, they came out with theirs on Sunday. And their top five were the Boston Celtics, Denver Nuggets, the Philadelphia 76ers, Grizzlies sitting at fourth, and the Brooklyn Nets sitting at five. 
Um, mine are very similar. Just a little bit of a lineup change because my number one overall is the Denver Nuggets. Since December 8th, this team is 20-5. and five. And I know Jokic has been out for the past couple games. I know they lost two recently, but if Jokic is there, I've got to imagine they at least one, win one or both of those. Um, so they could potentially be 22-3 and three since December 8th. And to me, I've been clear, number one, for the past week or two, they finally overtook the Celtics last week. And barring any other major injuries or an extended, you know, Jokic being out, um, I don't really see them moving. The offense is awesome. Jamal Murray's getting more comfortable. Uh, Aaron Gordon has been really good for the team. I mean, Bruce Brown has been a great role player. All the things that we said before, nothing has really changed for them. And they're starting to get extra stuff from other rotational guys. Like Christian Brown is coming on as a rookie, having some nice moments. He looks like a good piece for them long term. Um, don't expect him to contribute, you know, in the playoffs in a major way, but I think he might actually get some minutes with his size and versatility. And it looks like he's ready to go right now, right? Which is kind of like next factor wild card that they might turn to if they need to. Don't expect it, but you just never know. But they have been had a nice run for almost two months now that cannot be ignored. Um, and so the Denver Nuggets are number one overall in my power rankings currently. Second would be the Boston Celtics. Now, since December 7th, they're 15 and 10. Not the same kind of dominant run that we saw at the beginning of the season, but they're still a really good team. A lot of players have had some weird nagging injuries, which Jalen Brown has had some nagging stuff, Tatum, Smart. Everybody on this team seems to have something going on, but they do have a deep rotation, deep core where they've been able to kind of offset it with guys just kind of plug and play. And that's why they're such a good team, right? It's because we imagine when everyone's back and fully healthy, especially if they were to start the playoffs, you know, fully healthy and ready to go, you have to imagine that there's one of the top teams that you have to look out for in the playoffs, even though they haven't had a great month and a half. They did have a nine-game winning streak mixed within that, but... They immediately followed it up with a three or four game losing streak, which, you know, the Grizzlies, as we know, are right on that kind of trajectory right now. So not completely unexpected to have a nice winning streak like that, but to follow it up with a couple losses. But coming in third right now is the Philadelphia 76ers in that same uh, kind of time frame since December 2nd. They're 19 and 6. And at the beginning of the season, they looked terrible. The offense looked gross. Defense was okay, kind of what was holding together, but they hadn't played like a murderous schedule. Um, the 76ers now, the offense doesn't look great. It still looks pretty gross. The defense is still pretty good. And they've been playing a pretty easy schedule. So it gets specifically more difficult for them upcoming in February, I think after the All-Star break. So this is kind of a wait and see overall, but I can't imagine the 76ers be all of a sudden losing a ton of games outside of a major injury, right? Especially to Embiid, where it's a extended period of time injury. So I think the 76ers will kind of stay at the top here, um, fluctuate through the top five to the top eight, uh, kind of like other teams that I've expected to do that. I think the 76ers are kind of where they are. And But this is kind of the ceiling of them. I don't think they're that awesome. Especially don't trust them in the playoffs. 
And I'll be interested if they try to do anything before the upcoming trade deadline to kind of consolidate a couple pieces, or maybe they just like their depth. I don't know. Uh, but they're third here right now. This is where the Grizzlies fall right here. They're fourth. Same as NBA.com's rankings. They're fourth. Since that kind of time frame I've been giving you, December 5th, they're 17-8. and eight. We know that had that 11-game win streak in it. We know we dropped a couple games in a row now. Um, but the Grizzlies keep chugging along, winning the games that they should. They're not winning the games that I wish they would, which is against higher competition which has been my kind of warning sign for them all season. But after kind of watching them in different spots against different teams, I'm not worried about the construction of this team so much. I question everything else, which we said earlier, so I'm not going to recap that. I think this is a really good team, and eventually they have to start turning on against good teams. And that's what I want to see, is I want to see them start beating actual good teams in the nba and running out the top five slight difference top five versus what the nba is saying they have the brooklyn nets here i actually have the sacramento kings back in here they are seven and three in their last team in their last 10 games they've had a nice bounce back offensively from that little lull they had they dropped down the power rankings last time but their offense has looked really nice they have some nice wins we know that they just beat up the Grizzlies by 30 points. And when this team is clicking offensively, it is hard to stop, especially when they're raining threes down on you. We know it specifically. It's a fresh salt in the wound kind of feel for us with them hitting, what, 12 or 13 threes in the first quarter? It was just an avalanche. The problem for this team has always and will be will be defense because teams are never out of it against them because their defense is so bad. So I, I'm going to give them credit for what they've done over these next couple teams because they are actually winning the games. The offense looks really nice, and they have been beating up on people. Um, so the Nets actually come in here for me at six. Um, without KD, that's why I said in the, in the last time we did the power rankings, is like I think the Nets are going to stay in the top barring an injury to Kevin Durant. Well, jinx team, Kevin Durant got injured. Now, he's expected to come back soon. He's been doing some tests, and I think he's cleared. But um, they have still kind of won the games they needed to to kind of stay afloat, right? So they've been doing well. They had a really nice December. We'll see if KD comes back, if they'll get back to that kind of nice winning streak runs that they had. Um, but 6-8 through eight for me, like, basically these teams are all the same to me. And you could talk me into putting them in any order. And seven, I'll give a slight bump to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they've been more consistent, even though Donovan Mitchell has been out some. And then eight is the Milwaukee Bucks, who I continue to not be impressed by, but they don't have Chris Middleton. It feels like ever the offense is so up and down. I mean, they can score 99 points one night and then 150 the next, depending on the opponent. So they're just a weird team with no consistency right now except for the fact that they keep winning games like i know it's weird to say you know the second or third best team record wise in the east as an eight in the power ranking but if you watch them and i think bucks fans if they were being honest they can't feel great about this team and they've been openly shopping grayson allen it seems like um who has been a starter for them and a key rotational piece 
So they feel like they know they need a jolt of something. And I'm not sure what that something is or if they'll even be able to make a trade at all. But you can tell that they're not in love with what they have and are willing to look around the NBA, shop the market to see if they can find subtle ways to improve upon what they have. But the thing for them, it feels like it's just purely health, right? And this is kind of the thing with this team. Like, they are up there in years. All their best players besides Giannis are 30, 32 plus, I think. And so this would make sense if Chris Middleton's just injured and his career is cut short by this, or it's always a nagging thing. So I certainly can't look to them to be a, a consistent team that I would take in the playoffs where I consider them a contender, but they're still good enough with Giannis and Drew Holiday when he's there, and Brooke Lopez is getting some defensive player of the year buzz um, to keep them in the top 10 for now. Um, number nine, the Pelicans, who are 4-11 and in their last 15 games, currently on the league's worst six-game losing streak, um, I don't believe they played tonight, but if they did, maybe they ended that streak. But Grizzlies are right behind them, trying to rival them for the longest winning streak in the NBA right now. So we'll see if that changes. The Pelicans, like, I know a lot of people would probably have the Pelicans lower, 4-11 and 11 in their last 15, but I am not scared off by the by that 4-11 and 11 record and the six-game losing streak. I still believe that this is a really good team. I am really confident in them overall. Zion's out. Brandon Ingram's coming back. CJ McCollum has had little nagging things. It seems like there's always two or three people on this team who play big minutes for them that seem to be out. So I don't know if maybe that will continue. Maybe I should start docking them uh, in the power rankings more if they continue to always have a nagging couple of guys out and continue to lose games. but. They're barely above 500 right now, and I know it can seem scary, but I just believe right now that this team will get right and will be kind of, you know, if if they're sitting, you know, a couple games about above 500, they're in the play-in. Like, that is a nightmare of a play-in matchup for a one or a two seed, or even if they get to a six seed. Like, that's a, ma that's a nightmare six seed. So I believe in them. I still think they're a very good team. So they still crack my top 10 for now. And then cracking the top 10. This isn't going to be great. Nobody's going to love this. But it's the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes. 6-4 and four in their last 10. Now they have had an easier schedule. February is a little more interesting because it's a lot more difficult. Kawhi and PG have started to play. I think they played four consecutive games now together, which is kind of a sad stat that we get excited about to say that they've played four consecutive games together now. What is it? 50 games in, it feels like. Um, I certainly don't believe in this team a lot, and they have a lot of different players. I'd be interested to see if they try to consolidate some of those before the trade deadline because, you know, locker room dissension is definitely a thing that you have to look out for for teams. And a team like this with a lot of veteran presence who guys just want to play and get you know, they want to get paid still. And so they want to showcase what they can do, and they're just not getting the ample time. So I'd be kind of interested by this team. But they just keep chugging along, and they keep winning games. So it's not like an impressive thing. It's not like they've had, like, this nice 8-12 to 12 game win streak. It's just, like, win two or three, lose one or two. Um, it's just kind of like that trade-off back and forth where they're sitting above 500, and they're kind of just staying, uh, you know, they're on the radar. Not anybody's picking as a sleeper, but 
they just keep chugging along. And will we start to see something where they put together a nice, you know, kind of dominant run in February when the schedule gets tougher? Or will they do what they have been in going to the, you know, rest players route? And they start losing a lot of games and they're in the play-in once again. Remains to be seen with this team. But rounding out the top 15, Golden State Warriors, I know, nobody nobody likes this either. Three and two in their last five. They're poised, they're poised for a run to me. It's not necessarily like a layup schedule of upcoming games, but it should be one where they should start to put together a nice winning streak to kind of bump them up a little bit up the standing instead of sitting in the play-in. If they can't make that run, I think then obviously there is a problem. And I know Warriors fans have, you know, they've had some things with the front office that, hey, we, you know, we got these guys that kind of at the tail end of their career, but we should keep it together, you know, do as long as Steph's here, we should keep going for championships. And that's entirely true. Um, I think at some point, maybe money becomes a factor and maybe looking to the future becomes a factor. A lot of teams do this when the stars are winding down. They try to do a transition to the future, and it just never, ever works out. There's always one side of the coin that resents the other, right? Whether it's the old veteran players or it's the young players. Nobody seems to get the ample minutes, and one always resents the other. And it never works out, and it usually falls apart. And then you're in a worse rebuild than you were before. So we're going to kind of see what happens with them in the future. But for right now, I think they're ready to kind of climb up the standing, so to speak. And so that's what I'll be interested, most interested by, by the Warriors when we do this next month in February, to see if they made that winning run or not. Um, 12 through 15 to kind of end out the top 15 here. This is just like 6 through 8, my power rankings. All of these teams, these next four teams are interchangeable to me. And that's number 12 coming in right now is the Timberwolves, who are 6-4 and four in their last 10. Could be 7-4 in their last 11 or 6-5 and five in their last 11, depending on the results tonight against the Grizzlies. Uh, number 13 is the Phoenix Suns, the 14th, the Dallas Mavericks, and 15th, the Utah Jazz. All of these teams are basically the same team right now. Everybody's got something going on injury-wise or they just flat out losing close games, or they're just no-showing. Um, the Phoenix Suns, I think, are the team that is most ready to move up. You know, when, if Devin Booker comes back, they got Cam, Jackson, Cam Johnson back recently. Uh, Chris Paul seems to be in and out. Mikel Bridges has been a rock for them. Aiton has been in and out. Uh, but this is a team that I think could rise. Uh, so I don't expect them to be here forever. They might be moving up in the top 10 by next month, but of these four, I'm most confident in the Phoenix Suns moving up, I guess is what I should say. The other three could probably stay here for the rest of the season because they are about as average as you could get for NBA teams, um, especially Dallas Mavericks. I mean, without Luka, it is a struggle and it is a problem. And the Utah Jazz, the five-out thing is fun. It's cute. It's a nice story. I like their coach, Will Hardy. Uh, Marketing season has been great. But they are, I just, I don't see a world where this team is not selling some of these pieces before the deadline for something. Like, I think this was the plan all along by Danny Ainge. Prop the pieces up. 
make them look nice. Maybe you get a desperate team that thinks they need one of these guys to add to their roster to make a deeper playoff run, and then you kind of reap the reward with a better offer than what you would have gotten from them a month or two ago. So I think they'll kind of stay 500 the rest of the year. I could see them falling off. I certainly don't see them improving a whole lot. So that's where I think the Jazz are. I think they're just going to float in and out of 12 to 17 basically the rest of the season, unless they just really, really bottom out and go for it. But it seems like they've come too far along now to just completely bottom out. That would be hard to do, but it's certainly possible. And that is within Danny Ainge's wheelhouse. Um, so that's the power rankings for this month. Not a huge difference from last month. I mean, there's some teams that you can see moving up and down, moving up and down. But the things that say constant with these power rankings recently are three things. It's the Denver Nuggets, the Boston Celtics, and the Memphis Grizzlies. And those are, to me, the three clear best teams in the NBA. That if you are looking at a futures thing, like you're looking at these three teams first. They are a tier above to me than everyone else. So they're 1A. Everyone else in this top 10 is 1B for me. And I think that's how it's going to be for the rest of the year. And so it's really exciting for us Grizz fans knowing that we have a real shot heading into the playoffs that if we avoid some disaster matchup, which we'll talk about, you know, when the playoffs come up, like there are disaster matchups that are kind of setting up for the Grizzlies in the first round as a two seed, if they don't overtake the one seed at least. Um, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen right now anyways. But there's some disaster matchups setting up that, you know, won't be super excited about. But now we're going to bring in Cody, our always co-host, um, to do the last mascot standing segment. And this will wrap us up with the pod here. So Cody gets the end, gets to be the finale. Um, mm -hmm. Cody, mm -hmm. first, I guess, before we get into uh, next round of Last Mascot Standing, how uh, how's your week been? My week has been fantastic. You know, it's been a real, it's been a, it's been a real good week. No sand on the a runway. A lot of anticipation up there, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, Bengals. we got we got the Chiefs Bengals. Coming in, I think the Chiefs are going to have their hands full this week. Mm. Uh, Bengals are a good team. Patrick Mahomes, something's wrong with his leg. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what will happen? That's the, uh, that's the new the Bengals we're testing out. The Bengals might Football figure team. out. Yeah, the Bengals might figure out that, like, if you take away Travis Kelsey, there isn't much Might else. be in trouble. Yeah. So... <laughs> If somebody ever catches on to that, Chiefs are in some deep shit, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it could be a rematch of 49ers Chiefs in the Super Bowl, which would be interesting because it would be the same Chiefs Patrick Mahomes versus mm. Brock Purdy as opposed to mm. Jimmy G. So that would be interesting. But anyway, let's yeah. and that's enough about football. Let's talk about last <laughs> mascot standing. Let's do it next round. Yeah. And you notice I didn't bring up Joe Burrow because apparently women love him. And I'm not trying to yes. yeah, we're not trying to 
splitting. We're not trying to wreck Getting any homes about here. ourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not trying to give anybody, anybody, anything else to think about. So last mascot standing. <laughs> All right. This week, we got three matchups for you. Oh, wow. These are the mystery matchups from last week that we talked, that we did not reveal. Mm. But here we go. Are you ready? We're going to go from like probably the least interesting, what I think, the most interesting matchups of the night. Do we still have seedings to this? There are seedings, and I will will give you the seeds as we go. Uh (laughs) Our seven seed, the Indiana Indiana Pacers versus the eight seed, the Atlanta Hawks. All right, so let's talk about this. These are my these are my one these are my first thought notes that I have next to each of these. Pacers, car yeah. question mark. Hawks, bird of prey. Mm. <laughs> but like so really, like, what is a pacer? A pacer, I think it's a car. Is like cuz really you know they is? do like the, the Indy 500. 500. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's why, like the pace car. So, like, I mean, a car without a driver is nothing, right? It's a paperweight. Unless you're Tesla. And, yeah, unless it's a Tesla. And I, I don't think it's a Tesla. I think you have to drive an Indy car. Okay. Right? So, that we're assuming like it's a formula, like a, not a formula, but like a, like an Indy just car. a stock car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Versus a hawk, which I mean, like if you have a small dog or a child, you don't want to leave them out in the backyard when hawks are around because you might end up with, you know, you might lose your dog. I don't know if they take babies, but I assume that if you got one unattended for a long period of time and that hawk's out there circling, you might be in trouble. Yeah, I think it's important to, uh, is it just the pacer is in the pace car or there is a driver driving it and it's pacing the car well then is it the driver or is it the car Mm. i think we're answering our own question here because we're we're trying to even figure out what the pacer is and (laughs) we know what a hawk is so you tell me what a better mascot is um so who you got in this one i if it's a car like A bird can't beat a car, but can it? Can it? If you get a bird sucked up in the carburetor, probably not going anywhere. (laughs) Except in the hydro flange, you just have like a (laughs) like the bird has to attack the driver of the pace car, right? That's the only I would assume, but is it? But which one is it? Is it the car or is it the driver? What's the mascot? I don't know because all I think of when I think of the Pacers is the old school logo, where it was like the hand, uh-huh. you know, sticking up, and so I just think of like an actual person, like the guy who's pacing the car, the pacer. So you think a pacer is like a person rising from the grave? No, <laughs> like a Dawn of the Dead type. Yeah. Kind of thing. So zombies. Uh, okay. Or night of the living out. dead, whatever that is. Stretch out, <laughs> scratch out car question mark. 
did you really look up what did you actually look up what it meant like what it stood for no. or is this all guesswork this is all good that's see my whole thing is like <laughs> this these mascots should be good just based off of like what they are yeah like it should be something that is either going to strike fear into the hearts of men or like something mm. that's co- something that like you know makes sense and is like kind of cool like a pacer True. i think a hawk is like more intimidating than a pacer to me yeah i i would agree with that and more self-explanatory i mean i know it's pretty generic a hawk but like we're talking birds of prey raptors out there i mean like we already had the raptors Mm. versus the thunder a while ago yeah raptors took that one this is a raptor of the sky not only (laughs) is this in another raptor it's flying it has wings (laughs) so you tell me yeah i think i agree that was a good sell by you because I was kind of riding the fence because I'm just not sure, you know, like with the cars or the persons or the driver. But I think you're right. It has to be. Yeah. It. Well, don't get hung up in the details. Like, what's a better mascot? Who's winning that? You know? <laughs> what does the gut say? It's just a gut feel. Kind of. Exactly. That's what all these are. None of this matters. There's no right <laughs> or wrong answer. <laughs> all right. So, Hawks advance? What's our next The matchup? Hawks advance. Hawks advance. Next matchup. This is on the other side of the bracket. On the, in the other conference we'll call it we'll call this the i don't know we'll call it the left and the right <laughs> oh the were you Grizzlies thinking of like the... regions like the yeah. east and the south or something? okay yeah. I was trying to think we're of going a name left for and... it. no yeah i was trying to think of a name for it we're going <laughs> left and right so in the left region we have the grizzlies as the one seed in the right region we have the warriors as the one seed uh okay so next next matchup going to the right region in the sixth seed, we have the Hornets of Charlotte. Mm. In the ninth seed, we have the Kings of Sacramento. Oh, I, I like quick, this matchup. I thought you would. My quick thoughts on this one. Hornets, Sting, Kings, Regal. What are your <laughs> thoughts? Um... I, I think the only way I'm going to pick a hornet is if the kings are allergic to them, right? The that so okay. I have been thinking about this, and because a king, I, you know, just smack them with the scepter. It, there you go. But I'm thinking if we're talking about today, how many kings are there? Okay. So and I'm, the only thing that comes to mind is British, like right, William, right. So we're that is. we're thinking the 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 English monarchy, and so who's if our he gets who's done their... once he's probably done. He's already swollen it up. Exactly. So that so now um, the imagery that's brought to mind with the king is an old an old man who's probably a hornet sting away from biting it. You tell uh, me. Uh, is, is the king's literally just like a king? Like, there's no subtext behind it. Like, nothing in the history of the Sacramento where it's like. A, I didn't look up the history because you don't get a history. Do with like, you don't oh, get a history. Point. You don't get a history lesson with a mascot. You just get the mascot. You get the imagery <laughs> that's brought to your mind when you hear about the Sacramento Kings and the and the Charlotte yeah. Hornets. 
Yeah, I guess I'm starting to overanalyze this because I'm like starting to ask questions like kids do at spelling bees. Like, yeah, like, can I word of what, origin? Yeah, what what is the use it in a sentence? Is it a participle? Like, you don't need to know that information. <laughs> like, what does your gut say? Uh, my gut says king. Okay, but because I feel Make like it's case. a lot easier. But I do think that make your case. Um, I do think there's alarming amount of people who, uh, well, I guess it's. Is it it's hornets, so it's plural, right? Charlotte Hornets. Uh huh. So if someone was attacked by a lot of them, hard to overcome. If you get a lot of kings in a room, what do you end up with? Mm, Good point. War. (laughs) I I don't know. I I don't know what the right answer to this one is. I think it can go either way, but... I think it could. I am more afraid of a hornet than I would be of a king, but I am allergic to a few things that sting. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to flip. I think Do you remember gonna, the fifth grade? The hornet. Or you would have been in the, the sixth plural. grade. Yeah. But I got stung on the ear by a wasp. And my ear really? was really... It, yeah, it's well, it was swollen so much that it was like... It was so big. My, I looked like, like I've been boxing years, for like years. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I looked like I was in a fight with Mike Tyson, but like before he started biting people's ears, like when he was just punching. <laughs> okay, I I think I flipped. I think I had to go for hornets just because of I the agree. world. I agree. Hornets, hornets. It is. Yeah. Also, a room full of kings, dump also, a room full of hornets. I think a hornet sir. Also, if you just look up the logos for these teams. The Charlotte Hornets logo is hard. Like that yeah, logo is tough. Like that's that's a good Agreed. one. Agreed. They they at least deserve around one win to see to fight mm-hmm. again. So one thing that I will say, it seems like animals are scarier to He's us than well. men, to us than yeah. men in most cases. I think it's just because of like the type of men that have been described in these mascots right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah we don't like really respect monarchies we've very got much. a we've got <laughs> topple it right we've yeah. got a laker we've got a pacer now a king like just not mm-hmm. very fearsome i guess we've no. had a warrior but the warrior the warriors did well in reference for yeah that's probably the only one right so mm-hmm. far yeah i mean they took down the laker yeah okay not like a a difficult battle yeah no not really crazy all right so in this one this is our final matchup for the evening Mm. get ready for this in the left region the left guys back to the left back to the left this is a really intense the 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 intense matchups are in the left we have (laughs) stronger bracket Really tough over here. Um, <laughs> we have the number four seeded Celtics. Oh, versus the number eleven seeded Clippers. Oh, a now, I don't really know what's going on here. Now let me tell you what I wrote down. Celtics, <laughs> Irishman? Question mark. Mm. Clippers, boat? Question mark. 
sailboat question mark <laughs> i i just i don't even know where you begin with this one a clipper is a boat it, i know that for yeah. a fact right so it's kind of a stupid mascot right yeah <laughs> but a self-take like is it another person? It because is a person. person Celtic, but it's like it's a like good. But it's like, but clover? it's kind of like. Well, I mean, it's not a four-leaf clover. They have the little guy with the cane and the hat. You know. Yeah. The leprechaun. Yeah, I mean, like, there's. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? So, I don't know. Like with Celtic, am I getting like? the whole group i think you get irish culture which have been like which is you know known predominantly for their ability to not wage war but to get in fisticuffs so this is what i think this is what this is what i think when i think of this yeah when i think of a celtic i think of like uh a stereotypical Boston person that, like, we would think of as people not being from Boston. Mm, okay. You think you're better than me? <laughs> I like them apples. Yeah, like Matt Damon. So, <laughs> Matt Damon versus a boat. You tell me. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Celtic. All right. I, I don't really know even how to. I don't even know how to argue for a clipper. I don't I don't know how you would argue pretty, for a boat. Yeah, I, I in don't a basketball league. Like, yeah, I I just don't know how it's a battle where it makes sense, where it's like, oh yeah. watch out. Get out of here with that crap. I guess maybe if the Irish person was swimming in the lake. Yeah, maybe you run them over. Laying on their back. Yeah. If the boat was like, you back. know an anthropomorphic object and could like but it is do things on its own it's not like it's not like a heavy duty boat either right so even if it ran over somebody it's not like it's i mean i think they're pretty big i'm just thinking of i think like they? a boat i, I, I think in relate well i think like in relation to a person they would be big enough to like you know you hit somebody with a boat okay. do some damage you get knocked out in the ocean you're taking a nap into the water that's the only thing dr- is is you got it welcome Irish to drowning on a boat an irish well, i mean like so what so the clipper is like the <laughs> so yeah but then but at that point like the irishman is like driving their boat so like that's even worse yeah, true yeah that's like now you're now you're not even a mascot you're an accessory to the other mascot <laughs> you might as well be the los angeles handbags mm, okay so Celtic it is. What what uh I think that was a more difficult three because they're more or at least one or both the mascot was like an inanimate thing that you don't really know what it is. Exactly. Which this is kind of an this is kind of an exercise in showing that like there's eight mascots that are good. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. the rest of them are just words. Like they're just random things that they're just like really things associated with anything. Like the the Thunder used to play. I don't know if they don't play in the Chesapeake Energy Arena anymore, do they? I don't think that's what it's called anymore. No, 
I don't but, think, but I, I could be wrong. But the Thunder. I thought they went out of business. Yeah, they <laughs> might they have. like bankrupt or something. They might like have. The owner but, of the team who also owned that, mm-hmm. like that went under. I can't remember what it was. But I just want to talk about the, I just want to point out the fact they named this team the Thunder. It is sponsored by an energy company. And they failed to name that arena the Thunderdome. Mm, real missed opportunity. Exactly. So, you know, get out of here, Thunder. I'm glad you lost yeah, the Raptors. I, just, I keep waiting for the Knicks, and we haven't had that one. They're coming. And They're coming. Sixer. Like, I, I, I'm waiting for that one. I'm waiting get your history for cap on when those come up. Because they're coming. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm going to start prepping a little more uh, backstory. For, yeah, for maybe watch some 1776. <laughs> uh, okay, so that'll wrap us up for another week of Last Mascot Standing. Are you doing a preview for next week? Or no, I will do a preview for right. next week. Oh. oh. Next week, next week, we're actually going to we're going to do some American history. The matchups oh. will involve the Knicks and the 76ers. So mm. get your history hats okay, ready. Right. We're gonna be taking it, we're gonna be taking it back revolutionary style. Some Arkansas fast facts. Arkansas fun facts. Arkansas fun facts, that's what it's called. You run deep in me. We gotta find audio of that old thing. I gotta hear I have it sometimes. I have the whole thing. Oh yeah. I'll just email Please it to you it after to we get I done. If no one's gonna know what you're talking know what Boy, talking right, about. Right. that's just a personal inside yeah. joke with us. Yeah. Next week no on Storage Wars. Yeah, next um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, I can't wait to hear that again. Uh but yeah, that'll wrap us up for next week or this week. And um Next week, we'll have a more historical battle. Um, the battle for the NBA's soul, some might say. That's oh. an oh. interesting way to put it. What a tease. Yeah. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, next week, if you don't know, if you don't pay attention to the Grizz 901 or you watch the live after shows that they do, next week is crossover week on the Grizz. 901 or grizzly uh platform so me and cody will be on a couple different shows i think we're going to be on the live after show on sunday against the pacers so when you're hearing this that will be tomorrow uh, so this will come out on saturday so you will tune in sunday night if you want to see us live um and then we're having a couple people on our show next week so expect uh couple different guests so that'll be a lot of fun we'll have another week one of the guests is going to be on for last mascot standing so you already know that that goes crazy as it is now we're adding another person to it who has never talked to us on podcast before so poor soul we'll see how that goes um, but cody anything to plug for next week no i got nothing Easy enough. So I hope everybody has a good uh, rest of the weekend, I guess, by the time you listen to this. Hope the Grizz get out of this uh, 
losing skit that they're on. And let's get back to winning ways. So everybody have a good week. See you guys next week. Bye.